It's the, it's the guitar dance. It's the, it's the guitar dance. Welcome to the Guitar Dads inaugural podcast, a podcast by Guitar Dads for Guitar Dads. This week, will live gigs ever come back? What was music consumption like during lockdown? Pedal board reviews and a whole lot more. Now, here are your hosts, Matt and Dave. Hey, everybody. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And welcome to the podcast. Well, welcome, Dave, we should probably everyone. tell the people what this podcast is about and why we're doing it and why it's called The Guitar Dads. That's well, a great idea. Well, the reason it's called The Guitar Dads is because we're guitar dads and we figured that the world really needs a podcast about guitar daddery and everything that entails. What is guitar daddery, you ask? Well, it's everything to do about guitars and gear and also things that are focused on the music as well what people actually do with guitars, which is make the music. Um, and so Guitar Dad music, it can really be whatever music you want it to be. For Dave and I, it's really about rock and classic rock and, and grunge and modern rock and anything rocky. Um, for you, it could be something different, but um, that's what we're going to talk about a lot on this show. Um, you know, we also want to be inclusive if you're a, a guitar mom. You should. We, we we want you here as well, and hopefully you Come can on enjoy board. this. Yeah, you know maybe you can call into Let's the go. show and let us know. What else? Call Dave? into the show. We have phone lines now. We have phone lines. We we, we will. We have an email. I think I missed that. Yeah, we do have an email. Yep. <laughs> if you do have questions, comments, you can email the show at guitardadspodcast at gmail You can check us out on Instagram. Guitar Dads Podcast, and check us out on Twitter, Guitar Dads Podcast. Pretty Look at simple. that. Look at that. Already up on the socials. Maybe on somebody, the socials. maybe, you know, the two people listening to this will get, <laughs> will get on there. Actually, just me and you right now. Uh, two? I think it's a little ambitious. Yeah, okay. All right. Okay, so let's just get right into our topic here. What's our topic, Dave? All right, well, I... I think we need to ask the question, given what's going on in the world, are live gigs ever coming back? If oh, so, when, yes. And how, what are they going to look like? Will live gigs ever come back? Are you asking me this, Dave? I'll, I'll, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to toss the question to you. Yeah. So uh, it's, a, it's a really good question. It's very, it's very difficult. It depends on where you are in the country in terms of your local gig scene. Um, for those of you who are guitar dads, you probably play in a cover band like I do. <laughs> or you aspire to like Dave does. Dave does not play in a cover band, but he aspires to. And um, if you are if you were in a band that was gigging on a fairly regular basis, that's all come to a screeching halt, depending on where you are in the country here. We're here in the northeast of of um, the country of the United States. We live on the North Shore of Boston, Massachusetts, and the greater Boston area. So we've been on lockdown, and things are shut down, and it really probably isn't going to come back until the the vaccine is widely out there and people are comfortable going back in. But yeah, it's going to be a while. It's going to be a while, right, Dave? But I think the bigger question, and that's like what's going on in your local scene, well, people probably don't really care. In the end, it's really a big question of when are the big touring acts? When are the national touring acts? When, when do you think, Dave, that we'll see national touring acts start yeah, to come I, around? And it's worth their while to actually book a tour. 
I, I think I think we're a couple years out, unfortunately, from that. I think it's gonna. Yeah, I don't know about a couple of years. I think that, that might be a bit of a stretch. I think people are gonna. Oh, get, no. People are gonna get itchy. People, bands are already getting itchy now. They want to be out there, you know. And the the bigger acts obviously have had enough money in in, in their pockets to kind of kind of sustain themselves now. And there's a lot of a lot of supporting acts and smaller acts that just they they can't do it. And it's nice to see some some uh, organizations out there like Save the Stages and others yep, trying to get money to get get money to these bands and they're and, a good one and uh you know a lot of the you know you think about just it's not just the bands it's a lot of the a lot of the uh the crew that travels with oh the crews and the, and the local crews you know? yeah you know all, all the people that are behind the scenes at all these big touring acts i mean those people must just be hurting yeah. they must be hurting quite a bit right now so you know i think whatever we can do to support them so that you know, those people are able to come back and do this whenever it comes time for the big venues to be back in town. I mean, I think, I think the big venues, in mind. yeah, the, the the big venues, I think, will be back a lot sooner because they 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 obviously they got the capacity to 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 um, you know bring in a, a, a good number of people, still make it worth their while. And I and think if that's you, if right. They have to separate if they kind of have to separate people enough where they're not going to fill to capacity, you know. But yeah, the they'll... question the question is is you know at what point what's like that critical mass where the economics start to make sense at a reduced capacity crowd? I think right. that yeah, I mean exactly. is it is a fifty percent capacity crowd economically worth it for these bands? Uh, probably not. Probably um, not. But maybe, you know, who knows? Maybe there's some way that they can work this out because we're, you know, we're not really industry insiders here. We're just kind of regular guitar dads that um, are but looking don't you at think things it, from don't you the think inside it kinda out. Depends, don't you think it kind of depends on the band, though? Like some bands are going to be a little itchier to get out. Some bands are going to feel yeah, a little I mean, bit more look, comfortable was, than others, was it, you know? There, there was definitely bands doing this whole drive-in tour thing last uh, summer. You remember yeah, that? Yeah, that was big. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, there was a few drive-in tours. I think, you know, maybe we'll see more of those. Maybe, you know, more venues like that will pop up where it's acceptable. You know, that's not going to be able to cut it for, you know, a major act with, um, you know, a huge stage and all that kind of thing. But I think for some bands, it could work out pretty well. And I'd be interested in attending one of those shows. They look like a lot of fun. Well, there's been rumors too with Live Nation and and others that, you know, the the concept of like a a vaccine passport. Are you going to have to along with your ticket oh, yes. at the I like door, that. you know, flash your phone like, "Hey, I've been vaccinated. I'm coming in." Yeah, the vaccine passport is a great idea and that's something that maybe can get people back in these venues pretty quickly. So, you know, no matter what you think about the vaccine, this that's not the scope of this podcast the scope of this podcast is to talk about when the heck can we get back and see some live music because that's well, what, what we live for what do you think is going to happen to the smaller venues the smaller well this is the thing the as soon as this thing is behind us it, the, you're going to have the demand just come roaring back people like you and me who um are dying to see the live music again you know, it's it's as sad as this is to say, even if some of the venues fold, other ones will pop up because the demand's going to be there. I would hate to see some of the venues fold. Um, when you think about some of the venues that we know extremely well, you know, in the Boston area, you know, I do not want to see some of these smaller ones go away. We've already lost a lot of them. Yeah. Um, places like the Paradise and places like that, right? Um, yep. We would like to see that, but... The demand's going to be there. There's always going to be a place for bands to play. That's for sure. The question is, is it going to be the same places that everybody's used to going to and the vibe and all that? 
I mean, I think it's like everything else. The more people you talk to, the longer this goes on, the, the greater that itch gets, right? I mean, people just like, the, you, you talk, you go on another few months and some people are just going to suddenly feel a lot more comfortable than, than they used to, you know, because that's they're true just, too. people yeah. just want to get out. And I think if these smaller venues are, you know, even if they can try to do something to sustain themselves, even if it's a smaller crowd, I think, you know, they maybe you, you might see a few guys trying to, trying to pull it off. You know? Yeah, and I think it's being more creative at the outdoor venues. You know, now we're in the deep of winter here in the Northeast, but um, there will be time when the weather is warmer and maybe we can be a little more creative, whether it's drive-ins like we were talking about or it's s- some other kind of outdoor thing. So I think I think there's possibilities and, you know, we'll find a way <laughs> for live hell? music to prevail. It's got to prevail. It's got to <laughs> prevail. We got we to gotta see some music. We got to see some music. We like to get together, hang out, have a couple of drinks, go see some live music, get your face like melted off. Right, Dave? Absolutely. <laughs> well, what a, so what about the live streams? You think that's going to last? You think that's going to kind of be a thing of the future? Yes. I no no. I say yes and then I say no. Yes. I mean I, I mean no. Yeah. No. I don't think they will be. I think there's something that have been great, especially for the smaller artists that wanted to see some income coming in. They're very helpful. I don't think it's a long term sustainable thing. The reason being is because people get tired of it. It's a novelty thing. And then it's over. You know, there's some big acts that have done it. I know our buddy Joe Bonamassa did a big live stream, but it's like a one and done because I just don't think the demand is continually there to do it. However, there's been some other bands we've seen out there that have had a string of live streams, and I'm sure they're pretty successful too. Um, what, what, what was a band, Dave, that had a bunch of live streams that kept coming up? Can you think of one off the top of your head? Blackberry Smoke is one that Blackberry I think Smoke of. Is, Blackberry Smoke is one that I think of. Um, Blackberry Smoke had a string of live streams. I don't know how successful they were. Right. Um, they've yeah, seemed to, see, they've that'd seemed, be interesting to see. And they seem to have stopped. You know, I thought that maybe if they were successful, they would be they would be they'd be bringing them back. Maybe they're in the studio making another record. Who knows what's going on with them? But that I think seemed if I'm like not mistaken, yep. they. I think that they. I might be thinking of a different band, but I could have sworn I've seen some uh, some dates coming out for them, and not not any time in the oh, next. Oh, you know like, what? That's weeks, a good point. Yeah, so I that's a good next, point. I think in the summer. You know. Yeah, so that's a good point. I think there's definitely some bands that have been able to go and find the, the places that are allowing them to play, you know, in a safe way. Um, at least that they feel is safe there, whatever locale they're in. So, yeah, bands have started to do that, especially the ones that are just ones like that, like Blackberry, who are just diehard touring band. Like They just live on the road. They, they, I'm sure it was killing them to not be on the road, right, both kind of income-wise and life-wise for both of them. So, oh, absolutely. So yeah. I think I think there, you know, maybe there are certain bands that find a niche and they do that kind of thing. But of the bands that we listen to in that kind of genre, you know, of rock, you know, g- generally, there haven't been a lot that have done successive live streams in a row, right? It's more like there's a one and done thing. And I will say that I've really enjoyed the ones that I've seen. So, yeah, and I think that that it's like it's kind of like that that consume that that the that person that consumes the music that way they're satisfied with the YouTubes and and uh, and others, you know. It's like that's that's just the way that they enjoy their music and they're not going to necessarily pay it is for tough. a live stream, you know. It's tough if to they, compete. It's, it's tough to compete. It's tough to compete with YouTube when you can find a lot of stuff 
Um, but you know, I, I don't know. I think people want to see something current and now, and I don't know about you, but I get really annoyed when I'm looking through YouTube videos of my favorite bands and I'm trying to figure out like what's actually a really good quality production and what's like somebody who has a, an iPhone that says it's professionally shot because their iPhone shoots in HD or something like, come on, <laughs> this isn't professionally shot because no. your iPhone is in HD. I don't oh, care if you're so, in the front row. So disappointing. Row. So disappointing. <laughs> I mean, who who types this stuff in? Oh, professionally shot. Because you have an iPhone, you're a professional all of a sudden? What the hell's yeah, going on? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the thumbnail looks like perfect. It's all like, you know, absolute <laughs> top HD, you know, and then you click it and it's like, this dude's in the back row. What the? I mean, I can't, that, I can't even hear what, the music. Yeah, what are they doing? It's like terrible quality. It's like, this is not what uh, I'm looking yeah. for. So, So in that sense, you know, maybe it isn't so hard to compete as a live stream. Well, do you think there's a price point where, like the, you know, like you said earlier with the economics, is there a price point for bands to to do both? You know. Yeah, I mean, I I I would really like to see one of the big big touring acts like a Guns N' Roses. As you know, we love Guns N' Roses. <laughs> I would love to see them do a massive pay per view thing. I would probably pay a decent amount of money. What would be my threshold on that? Mm, depending on depending on how they hyped it up and what the production was going to look like. Um, I could see paying up to, I don't know, who knows, between 50 and 100 bucks. No no way over 100 Oh, bucks. 100 Oh, no, no, no. Oh, you think about people pay for, you I know. I say 50. People pay for like professional, like WWF or WWE, whatever it is. I'm not a wrestling fan. Apology to you wrestling fans out there. Um, <laughs> people pay a lot for those papers. Do they still do pay-per-views for those? I don't even know. I but, don't know, but there there goes our one listener who is a uh, <laughs> WWE fan. We actually have a friend who has, has a podcast, um, has a wrestling podcast. So if he hears this, he's going to be very upset at us. But yeah, I mean, but I still, I think there is that thing where people are are willing to pay for those kind of things, especially if it's their, if it's the big acts and if it's live and if it's fresh. Uh, I think they'd be interested in it, you know. I, I would think for a big band, you know, maybe $50 is pushing it, I would say, is where you want to be. Yeah. Uh, may, maybe if, the, you know, if you throw in some merch, you get 100 bucks out of it. You throw in a T-shirt, limited edition. Some bands have done that for their live streams. Um, I'm willing to do that. You know, I'd think I mean, about it. <laughs> I think you look at the, uh, yeah, I think you look at like the, you know the the juxtaposition between live sports and live music and the the home experience. People, it's really it's really tough to beat the home experience for a lot of. What are you pouring over there? Yeah, I'm just pouring a little drink. Yeah, <laughs> sounds sounds good. <laughs> Pour me one. This is a nice, nice little I, wine. Okay, nice little wine. Yeah, no, I think the like the live the the live experience the 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 in home experience for for live sports sometimes it just can't be beat, you know. It, but yeah, but mu- music's a whole different animal. Music's you, different. You, music you go to see. You you, you know, go to it, see. There's only one way to consume good music, good rock at least, and that's that's at a live show. Yeah, and it's the whole experience, right? Like you go to dinner, you have a few drinks. Maybe if you go to a Kings of Leon show, like I did once. And you know you have a few drinks, you don't really get you to mean the, see three the show. Of the show, yeah, you don't really get to the show on time. This actually happened to me. Dave actually sadly couldn't go to a Kings of Leon show, so I said, "Yeah, I'll go." 
I'll get the tickets, and I missed the first three songs of the set. I actually, looking back, I wish I missed the entire set. No, I'm just kidding. They weren't that bad. <laughs> they weren't that bad. But Dad, I mean, talk about a guitar dad. Dave actually calculated out how much those three songs cost me, and that that's what I that's what I missed <laughs> from wished. not seeing the first three songs because I was busy <laughs> drinking beers. So there you go. There's your experience. Hey, you know, but that for the for the for the for the average concert goer though, that's the experience, right? You're not you're not like you and me where we, you know, depending on who's the opener, we're we're going to show up and go watch, but yep. a lot of people don't. They're just going to show up, they kind of casually stroll in, you know, it's That's, that's what it is. That's and the experience though, it, and that's it, what it, we love about yeah, it. Yeah, especially the big bands, it's it's majority of the people at those big shows that are like at the stadium shows those people are really they're they're more of the casual music fan they're they're not they're probably not the people listening to this to this podcast or, or it's definitely not you and i these are the people that you know they go out maybe they maybe go to one or two concerts a year or something like that right and uh, and they live it up when they go maybe they buy the vip tickets because you know they really are having a great time so I think the demand is going to be there. It will have at some point come roaring back. But oh, I yeah, think, unfortunately, absolutely. you know, because of the economics, because of everything we've talked about, it's going to take a long time to get there. So, But that doesn't mean there isn't great music out there to consume, which brings us to our next topic, which is... What was your preferred... Well, I don't know. You know what? I'm going to put it... I'm going to pose it this way. I'm going to pose it this way. What was your... What in your mind, best rock album of twenty twenty? Best rock album of twenty twenty. I mean, that's kind of easy for me. So there's a there's a band that I love called Tyler Bryant in the Shakedown, which is a great band based great out band. Of, and they're 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 a blues rock band based out of Nashville. It's interesting because Nashville is now becoming more of a a music centric place, not just country. Um, you know, it's more now we see more other kinds of bands coming out of Nashville other than country, which is great. So this is a great example. Great kind of hard blues rock band. Actually, Brad Whitford's son, Graham Whitford, is the other guitar player in this band. So it's like this two-guitar attack, and they are just killer. They put out an album this year. They are absolutely killer. They do. They're killer. They put out an album this year called Pressure. Just for me, it's the album of, of the year. You know, it's very poignant. He talks about, you know, one of the songs is called Crazy Days. I think that speaks for itself. And pressure, right? The whole the whole idea that, you know, we're under this world is under a lot of pressure, you know, for, for a lot of different reasons. But, you know, being in a pandemic, and I think that comes through in this album. You know, it's kind of kind of angsty and it's soulful at the same time. I mean, Tyler's a guy that's not afraid to bring out the dobro. I mean, he'll have a song that'll just like blow your head off with guitars and then he'll bring out the dobro and do some real kind of old school blues like um you know like old school southern blues and it's and it's great and, and he's great and he should be commended and the and him and the boys are doing great they did a live stream as a release f- for the album that was great you know i i was actually impressed with the sound quality of their live stream. It was so good. And it's not even like I have an incredible audio set up here. And it just came uh, through. And it came through so great. So that, that so band, that's me for 2020. Yeah, that, that band that, that band is definitely, they are one of two bands that I've ever seen live where as a supporting act, I actually enjoyed them better than the headline. <laughs> yeah, because we being, saw them. Yeah, the well, other band being, the other band being Silvertide. Silvertide, Nick Perry. 
uh, oh. who's an incredible guitar player. His band when he was, and it, we're we're going back a ways when we're talking about that band, uh, Silvertide. But if you yeah, guys don't hurt, know 2000s. who Nick Perry is, go check, check out, out Nick, Nick Perry. Perry. He's awesome. He loves to um, he loves to wear the um the ponchos. He's into that. Yeah, he's got a very uh, eclectic style, but he's a hell of a killer, killer guitarist. An incredible guitar player, and also a real kind of gear, gear nut um, guitar player, which is similar to Tyler as well, and uh, and everybody yeah. we've talked about. I mean, there, he's awesome. He's a great Instagram follow as well. If you're interested. Oh yeah, unbelievable. What about you, Dave? What what's your kind of album of 2020? You know, sadly. I I, I I didn't even think about the. It's funny you mentioned the Tyler Bryant because that didn't even cross my mind as 2020 because I thought it, I thought it had come out earlier. But yeah. Uh, so when I, th- I kind of thought about this, I, I looked back at, at everything that came out in 2020 and figured, well, there wasn't really a lot of good stuff. And I kind of landed yeah, I was on probably thin. Uh, kind of landed on Ozzy's new album, and surprisingly, I looked up a lot of the people that are oh. on that album. Pretty big names. So. Yeah, so Ozzy put out almost like this kind of, um, I don't know, like Santana Supernatural album where he's collaborating with all these famous people. Yeah, and it's, there's some good songs on that album, but th- that uh, maybe that's maybe that's an indictment on the rest of the stuff that came out this year because I don't know. <laughs> no, Ozzy's <laughs> great. I think it's a good shout to Ozzy. Still killing it. He's still killing it, you know. I mean, it's Ozzy. You can't understand what the heck he's saying. But then when he <laughs> sings, you can understand him. It's kind of an amazing it's thing. Like, that's how does British, that work? That, that's the British thing. That's, that's, that's how the, <laughs> it's the British thing. Canada say when they're talking, and then when they sing, you can kind of understand them. It's, it's amazing. No, that's right. I mean, no offense to you Brits over there that are listening to this. Hopefully you are. I think it would be pretty cool if you had some Brits listening to this show. I mean, that would be amazing, but, you know, who knows. All right, we're going on to the next segment here, which well, is called... We'd like, to, we'd like to introduce a segment called Tone Deaf. Now, this segment is about <laughs> the average guitar dad and the biggest thing that we all face, and that would be the wife. <laughs> or the, sp- and, the spouse. We'll put it or that Or the, the spouse. But, usually, for, but for us, it's wife. For, the, for, for us, it's the wife. <laughs> and when it comes to the wife and gear purchases oh everyone's favorite little, topic a little pause in there for the cringe everyone's here <laughs> everyone's favorite topic how to deal Everybody's, with the wife and gear how do you I mean, t- if you go on any of the the um the interwebs you will and you bring this up there you get a million comments from i do whatever i want i buy my when i buy stuff for myself i go buy my wife shoes or you know she buys herself shoes or another kind of gift or you buy a gift for your wife you know i think that the moral of the story is take care of the wife that's right well you know <laughs> or or in my case you just click on amazon and you find out she's taking care of herself anyway uh, <laughs> so hey what's another pe- what's another yeah. pedal yeah Pedal's when you wake up the next day and there's like a pile of amazon boxes at your yeah, front exactly. step and it's like what's going on here yep yeah it doesn't go missed that's for sure <laughs> so what i bought another fuzz whatever she just bought another six pairs of shoes she's you know and that's totally okay that's just the agreement you have to have if if you're gonna feed the gear addiction that's the way it has to be so that's right what was what was your most recent purchase, and what was the reaction? Uh, well, um, it was late Christmas night. I had drank I'm a little bit of alcohol that day because it was Christmas. Um, so, and then I was scrolling across Instagram, and I, you know, speak of of Tyler Bryan, I saw that he had had was selling a 
new edition called the lockdown edition of his signature pedal, which is called the TB drive, which is from Rodenberg amplification amplification out of Germany. Um, who he has a relationship with this builder who is incredible. And this pedal, you know, was a little bit expensive. You know, I'll just be honest with you, it's 250 bucks, a little bit more than I want to pay for a pedal. But you have a few drinks in you, it's Christmas, you're feeling generous, you hit buy. And then, you know, a few days later, actually it was amazing how quickly this thing shipped out of Germany. I couldn't believe it. To be, to be honest with you, shipped by the builder to my door. I got a tracking number that it left Germany, and then in literally like two days, it was on my doorstep from Germany. So oh, pretty amazing. So shout out to them. And it's just an incredible pedal. And my wife just rolled her eyes at me when it arrived. Oh, that's all you got is an eye roll? <laughs> wow. I think she was in a holiday mood, so she felt good about it. Or some other kind of mood. Oh, hey. Uh, oh, hey, anyway. hey now. <laughs> Well, at least you got away with it. But we would, at some point, love to hear that pedal. Yeah, we'll do that eventually when we figure out how to do that on this on this pod. What about you, Dave? What did you come up with? And then we got a good story to tell about you and your wife and gear acquisitions. Oh, that's a great story. Maybe we should have skipped to that. You want to get the, right uh, to that? Let's get right to that. The uh, the guitar that never was. Uh, <laughs> that, the guitar that was that never was that was. Um, well, Dave, well... Well, what happened here was Dave experienced, like I did, really good shipping, but it worked against him. So, <laughs> you're skipping the part where you dragged me into the depths that is guitar. It was probably one of Dave's first guitar purchases, and we were we were going away skiing. It was a Thursday. This is what's funny about the story. It was a Thursday. We were going away skiing because Dave and I ski. Like I said, we live in the Northeast, and so. Dave is scrolling through the webs on the drive up, actually. And then I think it was like when we arrived later that night, you, you finally pulled the trigger on a really nice, was it a Lemon Burst Epiphone Les Paul? Yes. Beautiful Lemon Burst Epiphone Les Paul. Um, a, a good guitar. I think you ended up selling that, that was guitar. A, that was a great guitar. But it was, I mean, the, I mean, people like to dump on the Epiphones. I, I, I kind of started, Not now I have a bunch of Gibson Les Pauls, but... Prior to that, I had the, an Epiphone, which was a good guitar. So anyway, so Dave orders this Epiphone, uh, and then fast forward to Saturday. We're on the slopes having a great time, and, and Dave gets a barrage of texts from his wife because the Epiphone had arrived at his doorstep already on Saturday. No, it had, it had not arrived. It oh, had it not hadn't? arrived. No. It had appeared on the credit card. Oh, I thought it arrived. Okay, that's not as funny of a story. It had not arrived. But his wife, the eagle eye that she is, looked at the credit card statement and saw that this had hit, and Dave got the wrath. And so needless to say, he had to take a couple of runs off of skiing to be able to explain this to his wife, but he smoothed it over. And now, and I got to say, that's kind of when you reach a level of guitar daddery where you have an agreement with the wife or your spouse about guitar purchases and gear purchases and how to get away with it without being understands. a professional she musician. Under, she, she understood. At that point, you know what's she funny? She did. Is I, I, I was able to parlay that into a 2018 Gibson Les Paul trad. Exactly, so, which is a beautiful guitar as well. So you, yep. you're lucky. Ab- 
But I kind of missed that Epiphone. was a was a really nice. It played well. It always stayed in tune. It was really unbelievable for a for an inexpensive. There it goes with the wine again, folks. But I just try to go with the wine. I mean, if we're doing a podcast, <laughs> I got to drink wine. But I think you know, for those of you maybe who are just getting started in your, in your guitar daddery, and you have these issues, I can tell you it's not easy. You know, I mean. Unless you're a super wealthy person, it isn't easy to balance this. But I think if if you take your time and kind of bide your time, uh, sell things um, to uh, finance purchases, you know, you can slowly kind of build up a nice uh, a nice collection of stuff while still staying on your wife's good side, your spouse's good side. So, you know, but there's definitely an art form to it. Oh, absolutely, an art form to it. The art form is this. You annoy her to the point that she's not that mad, but she will make the statement, why don't you just go take some time, go play some guitar? Yeah. And then, and you, then you have good. your excuse. That's 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 what you're all striving and, to do. And that's where we're we're good to go. So yeah. I don't know, Dave. I think we've I think we've killed this topic. I think we've killed this topic. <laughs> um let's go on to the Oh what time is it? What is that? I think that music means it is time for the lightning round. Oh jeez. What do we have here? Today's lightning round. Alright, see just just so you know how it works. Lightning round is gonna consist of three questions. One of us will ask the other one. We each have five seconds to answer. If you don't answer in the allotted time, move on to the next question. If you answer, we have some wonderful prizes. Which right now is nothing. All right, Matt, ready, set. All right, okay. Go. All right. Best rock album in the last decade. Oh, the last decade. Oh, geez. Uh, Living the Dream Slash. Ooh, just in time. Tens or elevens? Tens. Why are you working so hard, Dave? <laughs> that was easy. That's a Billy Favorite? Gibbons quote. <laughs> well, it's actually a B.B. King quote that Billy, via Billy Gibbons. A favorite hair metal era guitar riff. Oh, God. That's like the worst thing to ask me because I'm such an 80s fan. Uh, 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 Panama. Ooh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Just under the time. Can you get it? Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Maybe All next right. time. If you had answered that in time, we would have. No, I'm just kidding. We will come up with some prizes, though, for you. You were very close. But I do have to agree with you. The best, I think, the best rock album in the last decade is definitely "Living the Dream." You think so? So, so for those of you that don't know about Slash's solo work, it's incredible. It really is. He's got Miles Kennedy, who's an incredible singer. If you don't know him, his band is Alter Bridge with Mark Tremonti, who's you know a monster guitar player. Um, it's just a great. He, it's it, they're putting out such great stuff. That it's worth a listen if you if you haven't really d- gotten into or dug into it yet. Highly oh, yeah, recommended. That, highly recommended that <laughs> that Live in the Dream album. That is their their I believe their second no third studio album. No, I think that's their second, right? Uh, no, it's their third. No, no, it's their third. It's their third studio album. They put it, out some live albums. One 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 is better than the than the next. One yeah, is better than the last. You it, know, it, I saw. I think it was on the Gibson Les Paul group on Facebook. 
there was a debate, and this happens periodically on that group. Someone will post something about Slash. Slash, like any other, you know, big famous guitar player, is going to be controversial. You're going to have the people that come out and say, "Ah, no, Slash is not good. He's overrated and all this." I mean, we just happen to love Slash. Slash is a guitar hero of ours, you know, along with Jimmy Page and Clapton and people that you would expect guitar dads to 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 hold up as guitar gods. <laughs> Who says Slash is overrated? Oh, there's plenty of people that said what it. What so, heathen would so say it was, Slash is overrated? So it was a lively debate. Um, but I think, you know, one key point that I think is, is critical is Slash has gotten so much, as he's gotten older, he's gotten so much better. You know, if you go back and listen to, especially the live stuff from, say, you know, early 90s on those Use Your Illusion Tour stuff. I mean, there's a level of sloppiness that just does not exist anymore now. And I'm not saying, like, I didn't like him back in the day. I thought he was great back in the day, and I love those albums. And I love the live stuff as well because it's so raw. But Now, this will be a topic for another podcast, sloppy play versus technical play. Yeah, and I, but I think, you know, if, if, if people, people that say that Slash isn't as technical— how many people can really, I mean, how many cover bands have you seen where the guitar player nails, completely, completely nails the solo to Sweet Child of Mine, especially the end part that gets fast with the wah pedal? How many, how many, how many guitar players have you seen out there in bars actually nail that? For all the people that are out there talking about how he's not as technical, I mean, I would argue there's not many people that can do it well. I can tell you I can't, but I can't really claim to do a lot of stuff well. But I can tell you people that, you know, that are out there uh, playing, I haven't seen seen it playing well a lot so if slash isn't as technical you would think people would be able to nail that part i'm sure there's some people screaming at their podcast right now saying no i can play that without a problem well good for you then what's a bar (laughs) i know remember bars remember bars remember Remember live music but anyway, this is where we praise Slash for his solo work. But, you know, if maybe you're someone that was like, eh, you know, I wasn't a huge fan of the of the Use Your Illusion stuff. You know, I love Appetite, but maybe I don't. Go check out his uh, solo stuff with Miles. It's really it's really great. Yeah, absolutely. And if, if you're listening to this podcast, you, you probably are pretty familiar with his music. But if not, you definitely have to familiarize yourself because... As far as Matt goes, this podcast will be essentially a slash tribute. <laughs> well, I mean, you can't have a guitar dad podcast if you're not going to talk about Slash and and Clapton and and Led Zeppelin and Hendrix and all those classic kind of kind of guitar players. Let me get into are, the blues and we get are into we Stevie. Go, are we going here? Are we going here? We on get the into first Stevie. Top, top five guitarists of all yeah, time. Yeah, we should, well, we should yeah. save that next time. We basically named them, but you know, you know where we're heading with this as guitar dads. I mean, this is guitar daddery at its finest. Absolutely. Um, and we also love Flame Top, uh, Flame Top Les Pauls and guitars as well. Although neither of us own a PRS. That is the peak of guitar daddery, in my opinion. You have reached Guitar Dattery Peak if you own a PRS Custom 24. Super, super flamed out, too, by the way. Let's just put it that way. I mean, really? Do you agree, Dave? Do you agree? I don't know. I don't know how to. I, I was a little taken by surprise by that. That is the, that's that's your peak. What do you think is the peak of Guitar Dattery? Like a Gibson, like a, like a vintage, say, uh, a vintage Gibson. Yeah, like vintage Joe Bonamassa Gibson. style. Yeah, yeah. I w- that's what I would. I would say. Like the I don't, vintage why, game. You go, you, that's interesting though. Why'd you go PRS? Oh, because I, you know, because it's just so fancy. It, it, fancy, <laughs> yeah. But you know what I mean? If you're, it, it, as, as a guitar dad, are you really looking for the fancy or are you looking for the 
Oh, beefy, yeah, okay, the yeah, you're beefy right, maybe. Sound, the beefy rock sound, the, the you know, I mean, nothing better than, than plugging a Gibson into a Marshall and Well, that's for damn sure. It. That you is know, for sure. Uh, well, I, okay, you got to own a Les Paul. That's that's Guitar Dad 101, I think. Even if it's an Epiphone, to- totally fine. And you also have to own a Strat. I think those are the two things you just have to own to be a real Guitar Dad. I think what Matt's getting here, getting into here, is uh, you pretty much have to own everything. You gotta, you gotta own white sneakers. White sneakers, high wear, tops. Wear them proudly. You gotta tuck in your shirts into your jeans when you go into the store. Or playing a gig. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, and you gotta. <laughs> that's a good. I forgot about that. No, no, no. What you gotta do while playing a gig is wear cargo shorts and sandals. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. <laughs> if you're wearing cargo shorts and sandals, and you got a PRS Custom Twenty Four, that, that is, that is the call. That is the flying. calling card of any cover band guitarist. If, he, if somebody shows up to to a, if somebody, if you meet somebody on the street <laughs> and they hand you a business card and it's just a guy in cargo shorts and a t-shirt, ask him what his name, what the name of his cover band is, because exactly. he's in one. You know, and it's probably going to be something crazy like like hammered. Yes, or Beat Street. <laughs> Little known fact that uh, those are the names of my band. <laughs> I was in a band called Hammered, if you can believe that. Um, so anyway, well, all the, right. By the, by the sound of the wine, I think we all can. Let's <laughs> let's get into our last uh, segment here on the first ever Guitar Dads podcast, which is what we're going to do. I think what we like to do as a segment is let's go through our Instagram feed and talk about whatever is on there. How about that? But stuff that's music related or guitar <laughs> related. Oh, it's so, going to be music related. So right, this gives fine. you a sense of, of what we're talking about here. So I'm just going to go on. We're going to scroll in. The first guitar related thing I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to Yeah, pull you up. go first. Okay, so so we have a post here about Walrus Audio Effects. So Walrus Audio Effects, um, pedal company you guys probably know extremely well. They have kind of hit it hard here with NAM 2021 or Believe in Music. Is that what it is, Dave? I think so. Yes, yes. So, Dave, I think how we do this is because Dave and I are not in the same room, which is really kind of sad because we're still kind of on partial lockdown here. I'll send the post to Dave. We can talk about so Walrus Audio, and this is the thing: is like I don't even know that much about these uh, pedals, so this isn't like where we can talk about it in detail. But you know, I know they put out an incredible um, what is it? A reverb pedal? Is that what it is? So people we got love yeah, people love the these delay, guys. the reverb, and then there's a ACS one, which I don't even know what that is. I haven't really got into this yet, but it looks really great. So shout out to them to Walrus Audio. I think. These pedals look incredible. I know. I think if you're a YouTube fan and you follow all the the YouTube demo guys, <laughs> you've been inundated with these pedals lately. I mean, that's another thing. Can I just say it's just hilarious about how Oops. you know the marketing is is pretty predictable now, where every single one of your demo guys has one of these things at the same time and releases it on the same day. But I got to tell you, like, I'm not complaining. I think that's cool. I think yeah, we're really in cool. this. You know, pe- people have said it a lot i think we're really in this golden age of guitar gear and when you can just go on and see all these incredible guitar players and awesome demo guys showing you every little aspect of this pedal it's great absolutely yeah it looks like this acs1 is a uh an amp and cap sim oh is that what it is oh yeah. very oh well that's very cool very cool 
That is very cool. I think we're going to have to do a review. Um, you know, this is very timely. We're recording this in January where the Bernie meme is is hot. So all the guitar <laughs> players, all the guitar players are showing. Dave, actually, you, you've Did been you on the- Did you see the Seinfeld? Did you see the, the, the Seinfeld one today? Yeah, the Seinfeld one's great, but what's what's one that's maybe guitar music related that you liked that you saw today or the last couple of days? With Bernie? Yeah, with Bernie. What's your oh, favorite man. one that's guitar related? I don't think I've I don't think I've seen one with him, with a guitar related Bernie. Well, I, I, one? I, th- I thought the Andertons one with, with Lee and Pete. Oh, the Andertons one was <laughs> where good. he's yeah, just yeah, yeah. he's just sitting in between Lee and Pete on the Andertons <laughs> yes. on the Andertons yes, set. That's yes. good. But yep. if you go, if you scroll through the instas, there's um, you know, pretty much all guitar. I'm watch. I'm looking at Nita Strauss. If you guys don't know who Nita Strauss is, I'm watching her. She's got a very uh, a serious look. She's the guitar player for uh, Alice Cooper. If you don't know who she is, she's great, real uh, shredder guitar player. So she's sitting here with um, with Bernie, uh, with the guitar <laughs> guitar next to her. Oh, another thing. So Jared James Nichols, who I follow on Instagram, he's another one. You know who he is, right, Dave? Yes. John James Nichols. So you know that he has the old glory. The old glory is the name of his single humbucker Epiphone Les Paul Custom, which just looks like an absolutely killer guitar, can I just say. And what he's And what he's coming out with, and he keeps teasing it, but everybody kind of knows what it is because it's kind of funny, is the gold top version of the old glory Les Paul Custom. Ooh. What do you think of that? Like a really nice single humbucker no, it's not a humbucker, single P90 guitar, Dave. What do you think about that? I'll tell you what, the gold looks hot. I got to tell It's you. a gold top? I think, well, it's a gold as, top. At, as we say, everybody needs a gold top. Every, yeah, you know. Neither and I one of us have one. I, and think, I, don't, I think it's time. And I don't own one, and that is just really interesting. So that sucks sucks for me. But his, you know, this Epiphone ones, I don't think they're even all that expensive. What are they, like a grand? Around there, they're they're a signature Epiphone, so I think they're around you know the nine hundred dollar mark. I don't know if they're made in Korea or made in China or Indonesia or wherever they're made. They're definitely made overseas, of course, because it's Epiphone. But you know, I, I haven't had the pleasure of playing one, but they just look so great. And from what I hear from the on the interwebs and the word on the street, these are great guitars. I'm really excited about the Gold Top one. If I didn't already have a Les Paul Junior single p90 uh i would probably go for one of these guitars hell maybe i'll go for it anyway dave what do you think i think you should go for it anyway <laughs> you know what's <laughs> ironic speaking of inexpensive guitars the first thing that ended up on my instagram feed music related is an anderson's anderton's post about yeah. a squire clapton mod this is oh, interesting oh, a squire clapton what what is that about i don't oh, know squire, i'm gonna, ha- I'm gonna, have, to, I'm gonna have to watch mod. this uh, oh, he's clapping. <laughs> I mean, this is why we love the Andertons guys, because they're kind of fellow fellow guitar dads themselves. He's doing something where he's like clapping his hand in front of the guitar um, just to show that it's a Clapton. But this looks really nice. I don't I don't know what, what he, what's going on here. The Squire. I don't know what the mod is, but I don't uh, know what the mod is, but we'd have to watch the video and see. So the Squire Cla- Clapton mod sounds extremely cool, whatever that is. 
It's for um, another podcast. Yes, absolutely. Anything Clapton would be very cool. That looks cool. That 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 sounds cool. What 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 else we got here, Dave? I don't know. I mean, is this segment working for you? I don't know. I I think it's, I think that's a I think that's what I've got for for Instagram. I mean, unless you want to. Oh, there's another Walrus audio. Yeah, Walrus is everywhere. Um, they are everywhere. And they that's are absolutely. Yep. That's just the way it goes. So I mean, the other things, you know, maybe we can spend some more time about the NAM things. Another thing that just came across my feed here, Dave, from NAM 2021 is the Kirk Douglas signature SG. And I was like, Kirk Douglas, what he's a movie, he's a movie star, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, he's I know an what you're old he's, about, he's yeah. an old guy. He doesn't play guitar. He What's play guitar. Or maybe he does play guitar. I have no maybe maybe Kirk Douglas does. But it's Kirk Douglas who is the guitar player um, on Jimmy Kimmel for The Roots, who's great. If you ever watch Jimmy Kimmel, not not Jimmy Kimmel, I'm sorry. I can't remember all the Jimmys. Jimmy Fallon. Yes. Jimmy Fallon, yes. he, yeah. he's the guitar player for The Roots, who is, is the Jimmy Fallon band. And if you notice, if you ever watch the show, he always has this really cool three humbucker, less, uh, not Les Paul, SG Custom. And it's a great-looking guitar. So Gibson has released a signature version of this guitar. If you go on the interwebs, you're going to see it because Gibson's blowing it around everywhere, which is great. It just looks beautiful. The color looks incredible. He's got like this um, this kind of greenish greenish color. Uh, maybe it's, yeah, no, it's like a blue. I'm sorry. It's more like this bluish bluish greenish color. The one that I see here – actually, no, I'm sorry. The one that I see here is called Inverness Green. Um, Paul Davids is actually holding it up here. It looks absolutely incredible. It's got the vibrola, uh, tremolo on it, on, on it. I mean, it just, it's just an incredible guitar and you should really check this thing out. I think it's a good thing. I mean, and I, I think I saw the price on it. It's not like insane. It's not a, um, I actually don't think it's an insane price, like the Adam Jones uh, <laughs> silver burst that was like ten thousand dollars or something like that. So, I mean, I think that's a nice little. I think that's a nice little guitar right there. What, yeah, what do you think, more, Dave? I think you're right, and more to come. More to come next time because we really got to get into these kinds of things, <laughs> and we would really like to bring bring our listeners into that kind of a world. Yeah. You know, we 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 should be exploring what's out there. We need to next next podcast. We'll be we'll be looking forward to uh, talking about uh, virtual Nam and uh, a lot of the new gear that's out there. Yeah, we'll and, continue uh, to talk about the new gear and our favorites from virtual Nam, and we'll continue with the guitar dattering. I think that's it, folks. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. See you next time, everybody. Bye bye.